the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. Happy New Year. Jimmy Sangenberger filling in this afternoon for Deborah Flora here on News Talk 710 KNUS. My first time on the air for 2023. And it is great to be with you. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Running every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Good to be with you this afternoon as the sun is shining. You know, it was funny. I had the great opportunity after my show on Saturday to go vacation in Glenwood Springs. I've never been to the hot springs before. I finally, in 22 years of living in Colorado, made it to Glenwood and enjoyed some natural hot springs on Sunday. And the weather was not snowy, and it was not as cold as it was yesterday when I got back to Denver. It was like 12 degrees warmer, and it was beautiful blue skies yesterday morning when we left. And on Saturday and Sunday, it was kind of rainy. It was almost like a a spring weather in the mountains, which was rather interesting. But now... After at least a cold day yesterday and some snow later in the day, here we've got the sun shining, and that is nice to see, except the sun isn't necessarily shining in Washington, D.C., on the U.S. House of Representatives right now, where I believe the House just wrapped up its third vote on who will be the next Speaker of the House. Republicans not having their House in order is not a very good thing, folks. Now, does that mean Kevin McCarthy should be the Speaker of the House? That may or may not be the same question. Depends on how you look at it. But here's the thing that concerns me. As we now see the House looking like it's going to be going into a fourth round of voting for speaker they're set for their fourth speaker vote and my concern is that this is a foretelling of the bleep show to come that is to say if republicans can't even get it together on leadership how are they going to be able to get it together in accomplishing anything or having a unified front against the Democrats. Now, this may be an indication that Speaker McCarthy is not to be because he wouldn't be able to rally the troops, as it were. Maybe he's not the strong leader that Republicans need in the U.S. House, and this is an indication of that, since he can't even rally the votes to be the guy. But who else can step into the breach and fill that position. Who else can even garner 202, 203 votes like McCarthy has been able to do? 
And meanwhile, the Democrats are lockstep in their vote on who should be speaker, being Hakeem Jeffries, the new leader of the Democrats in the U.S. House. Now, it's really interesting to me. I remember in 2021, I think it was 2021, there was a movement of Democrats that called an effort, forced the vote. They wanted a vote on Medicare for all, or they wanted a vote on the minimum wage, or some left-wing agenda items. And they were pushing for the House Democrats and the squad in the Progressive Caucus to withhold their vote for Nancy Pelosi for Speaker unless they could get something out of it. Unless they could get a vote to put people on the record, whether it would pass or not, on something like Medicare for All or what have you. And, of course, the Democrats didn't do that. Almost everyone in the left flank of the party still fell in line for Nancy Pelosi. And lo and behold, in the last two years, the Democrats were actually able to get some things done with both houses of Congress under their control. They got their house in order quick. They didn't spend all their time squabbling over internal divisions, over leadership and the rest. But the far left wanted force the vote. They pushed for it. They didn't get it. In this case, you have Colorado's own Lauren Boebert joining Matt Gates and a handful of others in pushing back and saying, you know what, we don't want McCarthy and we want this concession and that concession and this thing and that thing. And now what did we see in this last vote in the third round of voting? McCarthy got, I think, 203 votes to 20 votes for Jim Jordan, who, by the way, had nominated McCarthy in the second round of voting. And then Matt Gates gets up there and nominates Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. And in the first vote, you had 10 votes for Representative Andy Biggs. And in the second vote, you had, or in, and in that vote, you had nine votes for Jim Jordan. Well, then after Gates came out and said, let's just go and support Jim Jordan, even though Jim Jordan said, I don't want to be in the running, vote for McCarthy. Jim Jordan, in the third round of voting that just wrapped up moments ago, got 20 votes, increased his margin, uh, the margin of anti-McCarthy votes by 1 to 20 and got all 20 of those votes for him. And he didn't even want it. He said he wanted McCarthy. But this division is pretty darn stark. And whether you want McCarthy or not, this is not a good sign for the Republican Party and what they're going to be able to do in the U.S. House moving forward. But let's take a step back and listen to some of the claims that have been made, some of the back and forth going on in the press and in Congress over these votes that are taking place. Earlier this morning, Matt Gates of Florida explained his reasons for opposing McCarthy with Colorado's own Lauren Boebert standing right beside him. If you want to drain the swamp, you cannot put the biggest alligator in charge of the exercise. 
I am a Florida man, and I know of what I speak. We offered Kevin McCarthy terms last evening that he rejected. We sought a vote in the first quarter of the 118th Congress on term limits. He refused. We wanted a budget from the Republican Study Committee that balances on the floor in the first quarter. He refused. We wanted the border plan that the Texas delegation put together on the floor. He refused. And it is true that we struggle with trust with Mr. McCarthy. And Mr. McCarthy is not only responsive to pressure from the right. Time and again, he has failed to achieve the goals that we seek on spending and on the fight. For months, we have been asking Mr. McCarthy for his battle plan. How do we ensure that we stand up for folks in the military who feel like they're being purged? How do we ensure that if there is the passage of a farm bill, it includes things like work requirements? And all we got was a handful of howdy and a mouthful of much obliged. There's very little difference between Nancy Pelosi and her California delegation mate that seeks the gavel. Very little difference between Pelosi and McCarthy? Yeah, that's a bridge too far. I get some of the gripes that Gates is making, but some of those complaints don't seem to me to be things that the speaker can unilaterally control, like the farm bill, for example. Now, I like the things that Matt Gates listed in that regard. Those are more conservative policies and approaches to those policies. But that's not something that the speaker can just say unilaterally, oh, this is what we're going to do. Now, Gates went on when asked a question about committee assignments that might be withheld, and he talked about the threat that purportedly came, that he says came from one Republican member of Congress, Mr. Rogers, who has outsized control, perhaps, on what's going on with committees. Take a listen to this. But we were threatened by my committee uh, chairman to be on the Armed Services Committee, Mr. Rogers, that if we did not vote for Mr. McCarthy, we would be removed from committees. Our position is that if Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House and we don't have an ability to ensure that there is uh, oomph behind the agenda and energy behind our oversight, that the committee assignments don't mean that much anyway. I'm not here to participate in some puppet show where we pass a bunch of messaging bills, send them to the Senate, watch them die, fail to use leverage, and don't hold the Biden administration accountable. I don't want to relive the Benghazi experience where it's just theater We're pretending back. to be oversight. Right. We can do better than that. And, and that's our purpose today. First of all, it is not uncommon for positions on committees to be withheld if you don't fall in line in certain avenues, certain votes. That's called whipping the vote. Not a good thing to do. It's not a good practice. It's an awful lot of power in the hands of a committee chairman. But that's nothing new. Let's just be clear. That's nothing new. And Gates is sort of acting like it is. But then, on the other hand, when you look at the expectations of this group and what they are hoping for, we can do better than that. I, I think that there there's a little bit of political naivete in some respects. And, look, McCarthy may not be the best guy for the job, but he's the one who has by far the most votes. And the Republicans need to get past this so that they can actually accomplish objectives. Gates is looking ahead and just suggesting or implying 
that McCarthy isn't going to stand firm in the ways that Gates suggests or would like the Speaker of the House to do. Maybe that's the case. We don't know that. The gavel hasn't been in the hand hands of Kevin McCarthy yet. Though it is, to me, a, a bit presumptuous on the part of Matt Gates in that regard. Especially when you have now a group of several. Yes, it's amplified a bit. You got 20 votes for Jim Jordan. But it's still several ringleaders in the House that are basically saying we are going to set aside the vast majority of Republicans in the House and take it upon ourselves to thwart this particular guy, Kevin McCarthy, as the leader. Newt Gingrich talking a little bit about this in frustration last night. This is not about Kevin McCarthy. This is about the right of any five members to basically throw away the entire rest of the conference and tell the rest of the conference it doesn't matter. Why would they do that? them and the conference. And he went on. These guys can't, they can't count straight. They can't play tic-tac-toe. They can't accept victory. I mean, this is a moment where the Freedom Caucus could claim victory and conservatives could claim victory. You're going to have, given what, what McConnell's been doing in the Senate, McCarthy is the only hope for conservatism in Washington right now. And to undermine him, mm-hmm. I think, is to undermine conservatism, undermine mm-hmm. the Republican Party, and frankly, undermine the country. Are Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, and the others undermining not just Kevin McCarthy as the potential Speaker of the House, but the Republican Party and the conservative movement? That's what Newt Gingrich suggests. Here's how Gingrich could be right. If Republicans are unable to get their act together, to get a leader, and to focus on working together to accomplish objectives, to achieve things, and, and that includes thwarting what the Democrats want to do, then that will be ruinous for Republicans because it will not help in 2024. And it will also suggest even more than we've already seen that Republicans just can't govern. At least that's the perception that has been tossed about. Republicans have a much smaller majority in the House than they should have. What does that mean? That voters are thinking, well, it might make them it might be an indication that they don't trust Republicans ability to govern right now. And so you got a thin majority and they need to get their act together. And whether that's McCarthy or somebody else, it's got to be done now and it's got to be done quickly. A little bit more Newt Gingrich. They're not voting against Kevin McCarthy. They're voting against over 215 members of their own conference. Any five people can get up and say, I'm now going to screw up the conference too. The choice is Kevin McCarthy or chaos. And these five guys decide to go out as kamikazes uh, and see if they can't sink the whole Republican Party. Meanwhile, Democrats seem to be salivating at this. Here's Marie Harf over in Fox News. It's the Republican Congress in disarray. They went to the American people and said, put us in charge of the House, and they are starting off on day one not having their act together. I do not think Kevin McCarthy is going to be speaker. That's one of my 2023 predictions. I think he will definitely not win the first ballot, which, as Olivia said, will be historic. Mm -hmm. And I do not think he will be able to convince enough of these holdouts to actually come over to his side. There aren't enough concessions, right? The speaker doesn't actually have that many things he or she can give. He can give committee assignments. He can promise investigations. 
Some of these holdouts don't seem to be open to any concessions. And so I think that there is someone, whether it's Steve Scalise or someone else, that the holdouts, the Andy Biggses of the world, have up their sleeve that they will trot out on a second ballot or a third ballot. But I, I do not think Kevin McCarthy will be speaker. And regardless, Mike, who ends up in that role, this is a Republican House caucus that is taking over, that does not know what it's doing. It is in disarray. It is dysfunctional. I, I, I'm starting 2023 by saying I agree with Newt Gingrich on that, that this is the Republican Party going to the American people and saying, is this what you voted for in now, the midterms? there is an argument for those who want McCarthy gone that this the first second ballot in 100 years for Speaker of the House in 1923, 100 years exactly, that this is healthy, this is good. We shouldn't just expect one person to become the leader. There's an argument being made about that, and I can understand that on the one hand. You want to have some of these discussions and not necessarily have it just come on down from on high and the person who was set to be the leader becomes the leader. But at the same time, this is realpolitik. It's the reality of politics. And it's not just about, oh, let's have a democratic process or an open vote. It's also about having your ducks in a row right in the beginning so you can hit the round hit the ground running and march ahead quickly and not be bogged down by internal squabbles. The Democrats are so good at that. And it is a problem if there's a perception or reality of Republicans being in disarray. But here's the question. What are your thoughts? Do you think that in this fourth round of voting that is about to happen on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives, that McCarthy should get the votes and they should seal this deal? Should somebody else get in there? Who should that person be if so? A Steve Scalise? A Jim Jordan? Is this an indication that Republicans are going to be in disarray for the next year or two years, unable to get their you-know-what together? What are your thoughts? 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. In for Deborah Flora, 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. Plus, I'm on Twitter, at Sang Center. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. And there are a couple ways that you can email me directly as well. If you go to 710knus.com and check out the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page, you can email me directly from there, or there's my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. What are your thoughts as the Republican disarray continues, or is this necessary? Is this healthy? How do you look at it? 303-696-1971. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. Keep it right here. Are Republicans in the U.S. House walking the tightrope at this very moment in the unending vote for Speaker of the House, or should I say votes? History. 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 History has been made already with three votes for speaker passed and now getting ready for the fourth vote. In the beginning, in the first vote, Kevin McCarthy 
scored 203 votes. Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona got 10, and nine votes went to Jim Jordan of Ohio. In the second round, Jim Jordan got 19 votes, and that was after he nominated Kevin McCarthy in that round for speaker, and Matt Gates, seemingly the leader of the holdouts on supporting McCarthy, Gates nominated Jim Jordan, and then Jordan ended up picking up an additional vote to 20. That was the third round, 20 votes for Jim Jordan, 203 for Kevin McCarthy, and meanwhile... Hakeem Jeffries got all 212 Democratic votes. Lauren Boebert is among those holdouts. And so now here we are being sworn at instead of being sworn in. And we could have had this solved months ago. I have been working every day to unify the Republican Party for the American people. And yesterday we had a deal that was not a selfish deal in any way for Kevin McCarthy to get him the gavel on the first ballot, and he eagerly dismissed us. That was Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of our own state of Colorado, who, after a meeting of the GOP conference in the House, reportedly muttered, this is bull, you fill in the blank. Now, there is a lot of frustration and angst, particularly over the idea that Republicans aren't getting their act together quickly enough. And this is an embarrassment. Newt New Gingrich is one example of someone talking about that. They're not voting against Kevin McCarthy. They're voting against over 215 members of their own conference. Any five people can get up and say, I'm now going to screw up the conference, too. The choice is Kevin McCarthy or chaos. And these five guys decide to go out as kamikazes uh, and see if they can't sink the whole Republican Party. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora here on News Talk 710 KNUS. And if you want to get into the conversation, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? What is going on in the House right now as Republicans have not settled on a speaker? Terry and Littleton up first. Terry, you're on with Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flora. How are you? Good afternoon, Jimmy, and I'm doing well. How about you? Doing just fine. What's on your mind? Well, let's talk about this. Firstly, you referenced Newt making a statement that if we don't pass this, this is chaos. I guess it boils down to what is somebody's definition of chaos? To me, definition of chaos is when you pass $1.7 trillion in debt and nobody reads the bill. Chaos to me is when somebody passes Obamacare, 4,000 pages, Mm -hmm. and never reads the bill. Chaos to me is when John Boehner promised that if we took out the House and the Senate, that he would pass a balanced budget amendment. That is chaos to me. He never, ever brought one to the floor. Then Paul Ryan came in. Mm -hmm. Paul Ryan made the statement, you know what, if I get elected, if I'm Speaker of the House, we will pass a balanced budget amendment. There's not one today. And they also promised repeatedly to repeal and replace Obamacare, and that never happened. That's exactly right. That was one of my notes that I had written down as well. So I can't think of a better Speaker of the House than Jim Jordan. He fights. He believes in what he stands for. He seems incredibly ethical. He seems incredibly honest. And I think that we conservatives are sick and tired of the rhinos thinking that everybody's going to march to their band. Let them march to conservatism. Let the Republicans learn what it's like to 
keep their word and to do what they're out touting mm -hmm. on the, the uh, trail of election trails, and they don't do it. And then you look at somebody. I heard one of the other talk show hosts, a, a national one, say, you know what, they need to go ahead and elect McCarthy, and if he doesn't do his job, I'll hold him accountable. Really, Sean? Kind of like you're holding McConnell accountable? McConnell is a scumbag. He shouldn't be in his position. He is a terrible leader. He is not conservative. And he's married to a Chinese national that was the head of Secretary of Transportation that her husband. She, she's not a Chinese national. Biggest... She's from Taiwan. She was born and in Taiwan, Terry. Let's be clear about that. Okay. That's very different right, from Chinese. So and, and and she was appointed as she was she was appointed as transportation secretary by none other than Donald Trump, by the way. Whether that was You're something right. that Mitch McConnell had a role in or not, the fact of the matter is that was Donald Trump's appointee. But here's the th question I want to get at with you, Terry. And that is okay. in terms of this notion of chaos that um uh, that Newt Gingrich is citing and others, I think it comes down more to the idea that Republicans can't even thwart a lot of the things that the Democrats want to do if they can't get their whole own house in order and then be able to show the people across this country that they're ready to govern come 2024. If you can't get your leadership figured out quickly, isn't that not an indicator of more disarray to come? Now, I'm not saying whether I espouse it or not. I'm really torn on this one for some of the reasons you identified, but is that not something to be concerned about? It's something to consider, Jimmy, but let me ask you a question. When Kevin McCarthy was Speaker of the House, before Nancy Pelosi took back over, where was he? Where was he when they brought out the Steele dossier? He was, he was not Speaker of the House. nobody wanted to address it. What's that? He was not Speaker of the House. What was his position? He, he was the majority leader, but who the Speaker of the House was, I'm trying to remember, was not McCarthy. Okay, whoever it was, where were, and I don't care who it was, whoever was the Republican speaker and McCarthy was underneath them, where were both of them? They didn't address the Steele dossier. They don't address the Hunter Biden computer, which was supposed to be Russian misinformation. Where are these people? Whereas, boy, when the Democrats team up, you've got to deal with Chuck Schumer. You've got to deal with Nancy Pelosi. It was Paul Ryan. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was Paul Ryan, and then he left, yeah. So Paul so, Ryan was the previous Speaker of the House, and yeah, he ended up being a weak-kneed disappointment. Same with John Boehner in so many respects. I get what you're saying, and I think you made some very good points, Terry. I got to run, and I appreciate your call, 303-696-1971. Let's go to Randy in Michigan. Good afternoon, Randy. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing all right, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing great, and one little uh, update for you. The U.S. House adjourned today without electing a Speaker. They're going to try again at 10 o'clock tomorrow, Mountain Time. Oh, hey, thank you, thank you. It must have just broke as I was on the phone with Terry. Yes. So what is your take on this? We're now going into a fourth round of voting. I'm assuming tomorrow they'll come in for that. But this is a, a pretty big deal that Republicans are going to a fourth ballot for Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. Well, we have, a, we have a lot of people laughing at us right now. They're laughing at us because, and, and I, I put this on Kevin McCarthy. What's going on here actually went on in, to, in 2015, but it was done behind closed doors. When he was going to be the speaker to replace John Boehner, and he did not call, or they did not call for a vote because they didn't have 218 votes. He never could, he was not able to whip up enough 
for 218 votes, and that's how we got Paul Ryan as speaker. All of what's going on right now could have been done behind closed doors, and they could have had everything worked out before then, and they could have had a plan B in case plan A didn't work and everything else, and we wouldn't be embarrassing ourselves right, the, the, right now. Nancy Pelosi would never have allowed this thing to go to a vote if she did not have the votes lined up. Correct. So this is a sign of perhaps the ineptitude of Kevin McCarthy here, that he's determined to do it, and yet he's got several people who were holdouts, and then that number is amplified to, I think, 20 votes against McCarthy, who got 23 in the third round of voting. Actually, all three rounds of voting, he got 23, I believe, uh, 203, excuse me. So when we look at this situation here, doesn't that indicate that maybe McCarthy is just not the man up to the job? I I, I don't think he can. Whether he could do a good job as speaker or not, I'm not sure. I just know he's not able to get to 218 votes, and that's been apparent for a long time. Uh, by the way, I don't know how many people know this. Chad Pergram reported on uh, Fox News today that they had three items on their agenda for today. Number one was electing Kevin McCarthy speaker. Number two was, in turn, he was to swear swear in the Congress because they're all congressmen-elect right now. Nobody's actually in Congress because the last Congress has been adjourned. Number three, they were going to vote to withhold funding for the 87,000 new IRS agents. And then they were going on vacation until January 23rd. <laughs> three weeks of vacation? Yeah. That's, but I don't know that they'll get this resolved that, in time to Well, no. I, you know what? That better, that damn well better cut into that three weeks vacation time and not be added on where they come back even later than they were already scheduled to come back. But here's the big question, Randy. When we look at this vote, it's not just McCarthy. There are so many other Republicans who could come up to the plate. We've got Jim Jordan as the other name that's gotten votes of 20 in the most recent ballot. But can he do it? Is there anybody, Steve Scalise, is there anybody at this point who could actually muster the kind of support and position that is necessary in order to not just win Speaker of the House, but also to galvanize the troops for the next two years? Uh, those, those two names are the only two that I can think of that might be there. Uh, and I don't know that they can. This is a, this is a real mess, in it, and, and we have nobody to blame but ourselves on our side of the aisle. What does this I say? Do know, I do know that what I, if it were me, what I believe I would be looking for in a speaker is number one most important thing. From now on, all bill they must have time. Members must have time to read every single bill. No more of these bills that come out twelve out. We got twelve hours to yes. to vote, and it's four thousand pages. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> now number two, we. Oh, go ahead. I, I just really want to get to a, a, a key question, which is. What does yeah. this say about Republicans' ability to accomplish things like the one you just identified? I I don't. I, it says it says a lot. I really I really I, I don't. Marie Harf was right. They can't govern. It's really really bad. And long term, the political implications of this, I think, are big because the the people across this country are so frustrated with just the sense that you can't even have governance, period, that there's just a that Washington, D.C. is a source of drama. And that's it. And that's one of the reasons why for most of most of modern history, the presidents we elect come from outside of Washington, D.C., 
mostly they're governors coming in from the states, but you very rarely, I mean, Joe Biden's an exception. You very rarely ever elect anybody from the Senate or the House, somebody who was somebody who was basically a swamp creature who can't govern, who all of a sudden you put in charge. You bring somebody in who is who has executive so, experience. To that question, Randy, and just about out of time here, but to that question, okay. what about somebody from outside the U.S. House? Because the Constitution does not limit the Speaker of the House to anybody whatsoever. It just says that it's overseen by the Speaker or whatever terminology is used, but the Speaker of the House does not have any specific qualifications that are stated. Well, I will give you two choices. I would consider, number one, I like Lee Zeldin a lot. His run in New York makes people think that maybe he he can organize and do things to get things right. I know mm. he was in Congress. And the other one would be Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. Yeah, although when you're a governor, it's an awful lot to ask to then go and run the U.S. House of Representatives. But, you know, I don't think anyway, Randy, that the House would actually say, let's go to somebody outside of our chamber and bring in, uh, in a way that's never been done before, somebody from outside of the U.S. House um, in, in general, whether it would be Yunkin or not. So I don't think that's likely, but it's certainly an interesting thought. Randy, I appreciate the call. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Have a great new year. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for Deborah Flora this hour. We're going to take a quick break. We'll pick up with more on the other side as the U.S. House is now adjourned for the day. Ready for round four of voting for Speaker of the House. I would presume tomorrow, but the back Door negotiations will continue. Jimmy in for Deborah. News Talk 710 KNUS. Doesn't it almost feel in American politics these days and what's happening in D.C. like we're being tied to the whipping post? I sure, sure get that sense, especially as we see what's happening in D.C. continue to unfold now that we're... Republicans have burned through three votes in the U.S. House of Representatives for Speaker of the House, headed to a fourth vote, but adjourned for the day. When will they finish this? We shall find out. My guess is tomorrow they'll come back, and they need to sew it up. This needs to be done. And my guess is they probably will do so pretty quickly. Okay, I don't know. I feel like they have to. They have to get their ducks in a row and start moving ahead with an agenda and with swearing in Congress and actually accomplishing things and sending a message to the American people that Republicans can and will govern. We'll see what happens. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for Deborah Flores. Stefan Tubbs up next right here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Now a curious scene played out. On the House floor this afternoon, according to the National Review, and I'm looking at video, too, when Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was seen chatting with Republican Paul Gosar of Arizona. And then she also went on to speak with Matt Gates of Florida. Now, isn't that strange? AOC, the most famous left winger in the House. Speaking with Gosar, of all people, as well as Gates. 
What brought the two together on the House floor today? According to the National Review, Ocasio-Cortez told them that, quote, apparently Kevin McCarthy was making a claim that there's a possibility that some Democrats could not cast votes in order to lower the threshold of votes McCarthy needs to win the speakership. And some of the Republicans who were holding out were wondering if that was true. And I said, absolutely not. I was not going to walk away. That's interesting, isn't it? We'll see what ends up happening as this all unfolds. But it is something else. And again, I got to say, McCarthy seems like he's not the guy up to the job. In that he can't rally the votes. And that's the key thing from a leader in the U.S. House. The key thing is to rally the votes. And you can't even do, if you can't even do it for yourself in the very first object of your caucus, which is the Speaker of the House, then what does that portend for the future? For the next year or two? But Republicans, no matter who it is, need to get with it, get their act together, or else this is going to be a really rough two years. A couple things I wanted to wrap up with as well. Uh, This is something from Amy Klobuchar, the U.S. senator from Minnesota, calling for regulations on misinformation and disinformation on social media. Can this be amended rather than gotten rid of? Uh, Yes, you can amend it and Mm -hmm. focus on certain kinds of um, speech misinformation, Mm -hmm. disinformation. And all you're saying is, we know people are going to put stuff on your alleged town square, which has become really a communications company. Your network, other news organizations, have limits in place and standards. And our argument's going to be, if you start making money off of it, if you amplify it, that's a whole different thing. Your angry emojis and all these things you're doing to make money. If you... Regulating, actually get government involved in regulating mis and disinformation, which will make things even worse than what we've already seen as far as the tacit, well, we're giving you a wink, wink and a nod, nod and a nudge, nudge. Go ahead, please, and remove those Hunter Biden stories from Twitter. Go ahead and please put out the right information and suppress the wrong information as they've determined it, on COVID-19. And the list goes on. And now they're looking at regulating mis- and disinformation? Man, just, it's only going to get worse and worse. And by the way, this is why we need Republicans to get their acts together, so that they can start providing greater oversight of these federal agencies, etc., and get in the way of the games that they're playing with the powers of the federal government when it comes to free speech online and thwart the likes of Klobuchar with an effort like this to regulate mis- and disinformation. Last thing I also wanted to bring up, this is the subject of my weekly column for Colorado politics tomorrow, the Democrats have an awful lot of contempt for the poor and the middle class. The latest example of this the forthcoming ban on so-called single-use plastic bags. 
which currently have a 10 cent per bag fee that just went into effect as of Sunday. I walked into Target when I was in Glenwood Springs, had to pick up something, and immediately saw with the baskets a sign that said, avoid bag fees. Due to a statewide ordinance, really weird phrasing, it's a state law, not an ordinance, a 10-cent fee is required for each bag used. Avoid fees by using a reusable bag. I don't know about you, but single-use plastic bags, so-called single-use plastic bags, are reusable bags. I always have a store of bags underneath my kitchen sink that I can pull from for any number of purposes that dog owners often use those kinds of bags to get dog poop up. You know, if you have, you're doing a little bit of cleaning your kitchen and the bathroom and whatnot, you might take a single-use plastic bag and throw your Clorox wipes or paper towels in there and then roll it up and throw it away rather than using your kitchen garbage or whatever. I mean... How out of touch are these people to think that so-called single-use plastic bags are actually just single-use, and it is regressive. It is a regressive fee, tax, really a tax, normally a fee. Think about a fee. Normally, a fee is something that you pay so you can use a service, right? You go to a state park, you pay a state park fee. But in this case, 60% of the proceeds that are brought in the revenues are going to the local government so that they can enforce the mandate. And then the other 40 cents on the dollar for every dollar collected goes to the business itself, lining their pockets. You got to be kidding me. All for some radical agenda that says, oh, we know what's best. We, the all-knowing, all-powerful government, know what's best for everyday people of Colorado. And if we deem that single-use plastic bags are single-use, then we are going to deem it that way, and we are going to ban them and put a fee on them, in violation, by the way, of the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. Folks, there's no such thing as a single-use plastic bag. And the contempt of the Democrats has no end. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. Stefan is up next. I'll be in for George at 8 on Thursday and for Deborah again for 3 on Friday. God bless America. Never give up. Never surrender. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.